Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Hunters. On this episode, Dude, Brett, and Tyler sit down with Rick Molitor of New Basin Distillery to discuss light whiskey while sampling some of the strong and strongest expressions. Listen in to learn the differences between light whiskey and bourbon. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Unicorn Nation Apparel. Magical apparel for magical people. Go to www.unicornnationapparel.com to check out their amazing shirts or reach out to them for custom print jobs with no minimum orders necessary. Also, check out the link in our bio for some awesome Bourbon Hunters exclusive bourbon shirts. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Bourbon Hunters. I am Duke Poole, and I'm joined by... Uh, Brett Ryan and Tyler Schaefer. And uh, today we have Rick Molitor from uh, New Basin on here. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, hi everybody. I am uh, Rick Molitor. I'm one of the founding members and the head distiller, distiller at New Basin Distilling Company in Madras, Oregon. Nice. So as we uh, go through this today... Um, I guess the first thing to do is just start off a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about New Basin, how it started, um, you know, how you got attached to it if, uh, or how you got the idea or, or whatever. Uh, give us a little bit of history. Yeah, you bet. Uh, uh, the history goes back uh, probably like you guys. Uh, four friends of myself sitting around a campfire drinking an awful lot of whiskey and talking big one night saying, you know, we, we might be able to try to make some of this stuff. Two of my partners in the company are local farmers. Have been uh, third and fourth generation farmers and cattle ranchers. Um, they grow a lot of uh, carrot and grass seed. We, that's a big crop here, and in the off season, they have to put in uh, cereal grain just to keep the uh, ground fertile. They would usually till that grain back under. So the the discussion started going. Hey, we'll pull that grain off. Uh, you know, we'll start playing around with it. Let's let's get a license and see if we can make this thing happen. That was in 2013. Uh, we all had jobs. Um, I was the uh, superintendent. Of, so my background was education, but I had a passion for uh, distilling, brewing, basically taking grain and turn it into something pretty magical was my uh, desire. So I was pretty excited to find uh, four other people that, uh, I don't know if they were dumb enough to have faith in me or, or just like me, throw a little money at this thing and let, let, let's let her run. So awesome. Um, yeah, we started just playing around and uh, pretty ignorant getting in the industry. Like I said, an educator, two farmers, a cattle rancher, and the last guy's in um, agriculture also. He's the uh, crop duster in the local area. Nice. So Tyler we're a small farming town. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people know each other, about 6,500 people here. Oh, wow. And uh, it was just a gig on the side. I would come up on weekends, evenings, um, of course, with the school board's blessing. Uh, <laughs> you know, wasn't, wasn't totally doing this uh, moonshining. Um, and we wanted to be purists, like a lot of distillers. We wanted it to be 100% farm to bottle. We wanted it to be our own process, our own grain. Um, out of, after about two years of playing around, trying to figure things out, um, we, we, we came to realize we needed to get some money coming the other way. So we, we started down the produ producing line. So nice. brought in base alcohol. One of that was uh, we wanted something a little different than what's traditionally out there. I mean, you know, American whiskey is called bourbon. We all know that. Yep. And, uh, you know, maybe 15% maybe everything else um, when you go to a liquor store. So we, we got our hands on some American light whiskey and American light whiskey is a pretty unique product. I only know of high West distilling is the other one that I know that is doing a, an American light whiskey. I'm sure there's others out there, but I just don't know about them. So in so, the, just from a light whiskey perspective, I mean, that allows you to do a higher entry proof, right? So you can do a uh, higher entry proof. You can also use, uh, you can use used oak barrels, right? Or you can use uh, uncharred. So, so what is your okay. guys' process? Yeah. So the, the American light whiskey, the, 
the, the history that I found from it was back in the 70s, the federal government wanted to make a destination whiskey, so yep. Canadian, Scotch, Irish. Um, the bourbon guys got pretty pissed off about it and said, hey, <laughs> bourbon is American whiskey, so don't try to call it anything else. So from what I understand, TTB went a complete different direction, and they said, hey, you can take any cereal grain, doesn't matter what the mash bill is, um, it has to be distilled in America. It uh, has to come off the still above 160 proof. So light whiskey wow. sounds funny. You would think it's lower alcohol, but right. in re reality, it's light whiskey. It should be flavoring. Uh, you get a lot less of the grain flavor when you're up that high. Um, so you pull it off above 160. Um, this American light happens to be corn and barley. So uh, if it was pulled below 140, it would have been a, or below 160. It would have been a bourbon. Um, and then they came in and said, and we're also going to allow you to put it in used barrels and or it can be a new American or it can be a new oak barrel, but uh, it can't be charred if it's new. <laughs> so, what, so what do you so, do? Do you use the used or do you use the uh, uncharred? They're used bourbon. Used okay. bourbon. Nice. And uh, and it has to be barreled no less than 140. So, so that's the unique part about it compared it, to typical sure. whiskey and or bourbon. Yeah, so um, what I find interesting, I mean, like you said, is is it is a little bit different than, you know, the, your traditional bourbon. But like you said, you've got corn and barley. So, you know, the, the main ingredients that you're going to see in, you know, a traditional bourbon. Um, so how long do you age when you're putting them into these uh, into these used barrels? So the used barrels, they're aged for uh, the strong whiskey that we call it is uh, three years. Um, in 2017, Madras was listed as one of the locations NASA said you got to go to watch the solar eclipse. So our little town of 6,500 grew to about 135,000 people. <laughs> oh, wow. I had 50,000 camping within a half a mile of the, the distillery. So what we did then is we had some, uh, some eight-year American light whiskey um, that was aged in 2017 during the eclipse. It turned 10 years old. So we popped open the barrel. We proofed it to 97. We called it stronger. And uh, we, uh, we had fun with it. It was a good product. It was really nice. Um, and we let those, some of those barrels um, that were barreled in 2008 were uh, aged in the high desert here um, another three years until it turned 13. So once wow, we had wow. a teenager in the house, <laughs> we popped that barrel open, and uh, that's that strongest. Okay. Um, okay. You're going to get different variations. I've had some barrels that have uh, opened above 140 proof. Most of the time, though, the evaporation right. uh, loss for the alcohol comes below the below the 140 mark. So I see on the website, I see the strong the 10 year uh, solar eclipse 2017 yeah. uh, label. That's a pretty cool uh, label. Uh, so, so yeah. did you have to go through your traditional, um, I guess, evolution where you start with, say, vodka and gin, and then um, it looks like you guys have a rye whiskey as well? Yeah, so right now we have, i um, pretty proud of my rye whiskey. So during that 2017 eclipse is when I resigned from uh, being a superintendent and decided to do this full time. So resignation so, rye, uh, huh? Okay. Resigned from a good job, ah. make good whiskey, so... My first, my first 100% farm to bottle, we grow that rye. Um, and that was the resignation rye. Okay. And then we do a, what's called a wild will wheat, and our wheat's 100% farm to bottle. And we age that one in a secondary process using America, I mean, Oregon oak, Gariana oak. Um, that's been heavily charred, so we have some good characteristics on that one. That's yeah. a cool bottle too. We have we have the web page pulled up here, looking at all the different bottles, yeah. and it just looks like an old moonshine bottle or something. Like there's that little like finger oh, hole, the, the little whis Willie's yeah, whiskey. the Willie's yeah, that's whiskey, the Willie's whiskey, yeah. yeah. And that's the white version of the aged uh, rye and wheat. So uh, yeah, it's, I mean that that's been fun, and it's really fun now because we love March. I, I have mostly Irish in me. My <laughs> my grandmother came from Ireland, and uh, she actually had a family recipe for whiskey. Oh, wow. so oh, that's so cool. In, in March, we uh, we go to the next door neighbor. It's called a Mecca Grade Estate Malt House. It's about five miles from my distillery, and they make an amazing uh, malt out of uh, barley they grow. So even though we don't grow it, they, they do. It's about two miles from my distillery where, where the barley's grown, and we do 
we do a hundred percent Irish run on it. Um, my little bottle, each batch comes out pretty small. You can see, I know you can't see on the rate the audio, but oh, we can add a screenshot um, to it when we publish. Oh. Since we're not, uh, since we're not in uh, Ireland, I can't call it Irish whiskey, so it's I wish. <laughs> and, uh, we we make sure we're mashing, fermenting, distilling, and bottling um, on St. Patrick's Day. So oh, that's wow. a fun time here. That's cool. nice. All of your stuff has so many cool stories, from the resignation ride to the solar eclipse. You know what I mean? To your I wish whiskey. Like you have such cool stories and I like that. No, I, I like that there's something behind it. You know what I mean? There's meaning behind it. You're just not throwing some BS together to try and sell it. You know, I love these stories. Or latching onto some fake uh, urban old yeah. story or something. Yeah, right? just to like try and like yeah. sell a, a product just to, to make, you know what I mean? There's a yeah. really legit story behind all of these. So let's go ahead and nose the uh, the first one here. So we're doing the yeah, nose the strong. Yeah, this is the strong. This is uh, eighty proof, is what it says on the bottle here. Aged over three years, um, and uh, American light whiskey. So what do you so guys that get? Name on you, you talked about the uniqueness. So Oregon, when Oregon was first settled, uh, um, a European white settler was uh, Jedediah Smith. So we have some state parks and some areas named after him. I uh, did a little research, and his middle name was Strong. So that's mm. where the Strong wow. That's from. awesome. Okay. It's probably one of the only ones that make it across the Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I tried, to get, I tried to just label it as Strong Whiskey, and TTB came back and said, nope, it's an American light, so you have to say it on the label. Um, so it is a little confusing, but, hey, it works. I feel like most of your stories here, and most of these whiskeys, they seem like a you know your traditional like moonshine style old distilling whiskeys, and that's that's what makes it super cool. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Lately, I've been doing some research, um, and the buddy at that Mecca Grade Malt House does some beer, and there's an old Viking recipe um, <laughs> where they actually use uh, hay in the bottom of their mash tuns to mm. filter out to do the watering of their grain so we're planning on doing that for our irish run that's well, awesome kentucky bluegrass hay and you lay it in the bottom of your mash tun and that acts as your filtering agent so oh wow it's a pretty that's cool, cool process so what do you guys get i'm gonna go to the big schnoz first the big schnoz Floral. so i immediately got some like lighter notes yeah, on it definitely sure. And I don't know if that was like a, a light fruit note or a light floral note. It's kind yeah. of both for me. I do. And I, for the fruit, I, it almost is like a crisp uh, yeah. fruit. Like a like an apple. apple, apple or yeah, like a sweet anyway. apple. Yeah. Not like a Greeny Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and jump into this. Man, that's something like I've never had before. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I feel like that sweetness comes through. It does. A lot more on the taste. And it's easy. It's it's a, I guess a super soft, airy. Like you said, oh no, uh, heat was like there's no burn yeah. at all on this. But that's I mean it's something I could easily just sit and oh, drink yeah. and not even realize that I'm uh, <laughs> not even realize that I'm yeah. having five or six. <laughs> it is nice and light. Some some of the, the kind of the bourbon snobs will say you know ah it's not a very good whiskey because um, you just don't get that grain flavor and you definitely don't get the. Uh, Kind of the bourbon punch from the corn. Um, we don't discriminate. Really no. I mean, I get the sweetness from the corn for sure out of this. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to care one way or the other. If I like it, I like it. If it's, it doesn't have to be super complex every time I sit down to have a drink. So, well, it doesn't um, have to have the name bourbon on it for me to like it either. Right. I which mean, I've I'm, started to realize more and more as oh, of yeah. late. I mean, I definitely love bourbon. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, this is this is good. It's an easy, easy sipper for sure. The second drink yeah, was way it. better too for me. I yeah. got a lot more sweetness out of it. There's um there's a there's a lingering aftertaste that I like, and I can't can't pinpoint. It. I don't know if it's quite yeah. It's like a woody flavor, but I don't know if it's quite oak. Oh heck yeah, join us. There we go. I know. I was talking. just sitting there going, "What am I doing?" <laughs> yeah, you gotta <laughs> join us. You guys are making me thirsty. Yeah, we don't like to talk about it. I without, know. Uh, I know. Without tasting it. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I've started doing lately is getting a nice drink of water, and while that water is still fresh in your mouth, then taking another drink just to. That's the other cool fact I got here at New Basin. We uh, hmm. 
our water supply comes to us directly from Opal Springs. It's one of the deepest freshwater springs in North America. Deep enough, there's no isotope markers in the water. Oh, wow. It, That's uh, cool. It comes about 110,000 gallons a minute come pouring out of a basalt <laughs> cliff into the Crooked River. And our local water, municipal water company, pulls about 8,000 gallons a minute just for light industry and uh, oh. residential. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. No filters on it. I mean, it comes direct, and it's about uh, 57 degrees year-round, 7.8 pH. Nice. That is really cool. That's yeah, like I the hippie that in me that I love that stuff. I really do. <laughs> um, yeah. Or just like the naturalist maybe is a better word. I'm not yeah, a hippie by any means. You were the first time. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I do. I, I love, like you know, the farm to bottle. I love those things. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, even the water that you're using is natural. It's not. You know, you're not buying water from somewhere using some, you know, spring bullshit Our water or something. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Yep. We no, try to is... make it work. Like I said, we've been at it for quite a while. So, uh, you know, every year we learn something new. Um, yeah, so, so like definitely that. getting out there. Um, about two hours ago, uh, uh, local, that rancher that I talked about, cattle rancher. So all of our spent grain goes to the cows. So they do oh. something called the uh, the whiskey cattle, and they sell the beef because they're finished on the whiskey grain. <laughs> I like it. I like is, it. Is there any different difference in the taste in the meat? Uh, well, what's interesting is I do when I water it. Of course, there's no alcohol on the grain. It's pretty, yeah. uh, you know, it's semi dry. Um, the cows love that, but. Um, um, when I distill on the grain, I keep the grain in throughout the whole process and even put it in the still that way. So it looks like a loose oatmeal. Oh, um, nice. The cows go crazy for that. <laughs> There's a little residual alcohol in it. Not much, but they just, I've got a couple pictures that are pretty funny. Every, every time he feeds them about uh, whatever the gestation period is, there's a, a nice little bump in uh, baby calves, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Cattle are funny. They're like big dogs. Yeah. I had cattle and stuff when I did the whole 4-H thing as a kid, and they are, they're like big dogs. They're funny. They're just delicious. <laughs> they're just, they're I don't just, know how that makes them like a dog. Yeah, well, they're, they're just, just delicious. Was that just well, people addition? are like, there are, you shouldn't eat them. Like, then you get into the whole, like, whatever, but oh, they're no, too they're, delicious. They are delicious. You're right. Yeah. You just don't name them. If, That's if the key. God didn't want us to <laughs> eat them, he wouldn't make them so slow. Just don't name them. So do you think that there is a... Um, any sort of difference in the taste of the beef after, you know, kind of finished feeding them? You know, we've got some local uh, grass fed and corn fed. I just think beef finished on grass, uh, yeah. I mean, on grain is just awesome. I love, you know, corn fed or grain sure. fed. So um, I think it's good. Gotcha. I'm not a very picky guy. I, <laughs> I haven't met many whiskeys. I don't like. Um, <laughs> same. same. Yeah. There's a few out there. There's Is there a few, alcohol? I'm not a fan it. of white whiskey. I don't like white dog. Okay. Um, yeah. Same. It definitely but, takes some getting used to. That's for sure. It is. It's uh, yeah. pretty different. Yeah. Oh. Definitely. Um, definitely different. It's kind of fun. You guys uh, like sharing your bourbons. I. Uh, we've got a little local community college here called uh, Central Oregon COCC, Central Oregon Community College, and. I teach a bourbon class for them. That's freaking <laughs> awesome. Do you do so some I online enrolling? Back in line, and you know, we get a bunch of adults sitting around. I get I, I get to be a teacher, and we get a drink and talk about whiskeys. Or my my class on Sundays, bourbon one hundred and one. Is there a is there an actual uh, what what is syllabus it? syllabus, or do you just uh, wing it every every week? Yeah, there's uh, yeah the, the educator <laughs> side of me always pulls out the. <laughs> here's our target and here's what we're looking for. And so, it's pretty fun because I, I, I deliver them uh, six bourbons that are unlabeled. So they don't know ooh. what they're drinking. See, we just did a blind last <laughs> week. It actually publishes tomorrow. Yeah. So that's, can that's, we be we a remote that. student in this class? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Hey, the next one, I have one coming up. I'll have to get you guys' address and send you a link and a little bourbon tasting kit. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I love that you've taken two of your passions and you've been able to combine them. 
right? Your passion for bourbon, your passion for teaching, you know what I mean? And you're so innovative and, and all the stuff that you've done, right? You were an educator, a superintendent, and then you left that to create bourbon, but then you've came back to education whiskey. again. Whiskey. Or, I'm sorry, whiskey. Spirits, we'll go with that because um, he's making multiple yeah, spirits. That's true. That's true. But um, I, I do love that you've, you know, you've came back to your passion and teaching and stuff. That's You have a really cool background and story. I like yeah, it. For sure. No doubt. So what do you guys think? Uh, now I just need to sell, sell more whiskey. <laughs> what what <laughs> states we'll do you as sell? As, as we can. Are you just selling in Oregon? Yeah, We're really just in Oregon. I mean, I'm, I, I've got one full-time employee, a couple part-time people I come up and have them help me out. Uh, we're, we're throughout Oregon pretty well represented. Um, but we just, what's interesting is uh, Illinois just came up with a regulation that allows um, a company... Yeah, now I'm drawing a blank on it. That'd be a good plug for them. Spirit <laughs> Hub. You can order online and have your alcohol delivered anywhere in the okay. state of Illinois. So we just got our first order there. So Illinois, and then we're in a couple stores in California. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ohio is still in the dark ages when it comes to alcohol delivery. Um, is it? Well, yeah. they just passed a, a local uh, Ohio-only law that basically allows you to order online and have it delivered locally. So I think that opens it up for like things like Drizzly or you know what you're talking about, where as long yeah. as you're ordering it from a local location, they can deliver it. Like you can't have it delivered from another state uh, for whatever reason. They think they are going to lose out on taxes, which uh, to me doesn't make any sense. But uh, you pay those are you taxes online too. State? We are. Yeah, we're a controlled state. Yeah. Yeah. Which has its... There's nine of us. Oregon is too. Yeah, Mm. it has its benefits and it has its, you know, drawbacks too. Like the one thing that's really nice is really no secondary except for private secondary. You know, people selling it online, you know, from from their own, you know, stock. But, you know, it just makes it tougher to find stuff. And you'll have lines, you know, out the door every time there's a drop date. 6 a.m. Yeah, 6 a.m. before they (laughs) open. 5 a.m. Well, some giant eagles, it's like 3 a.m. Yeah. They start putting down uh, lawn chairs, <laughs> and they'll sit there. They will. Those little bag chairs that fold up, people will plop them out and just sit there yep. for hours upon hours. Yeah, just on the, on the drop days, knowing that there's a you know some new bourbon or some allocated bourbon coming that day. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Oregon, it sounds like that's the same. Oregon's the same. Uh, the good part about it is if you can find a bottle, then the Oregon prices are regulated. So yeah, they're, same, yeah. You, know, right. you, you can find a Pappy's 10 for our, you know, under 80 bucks here. Well, we can't find it. It's always a lottery <laughs> here. So you're not going to find yeah. it, but you can oh, do a lottery. Yeah, they do it as a lottery. So, yeah. but. Um, here it's just kind of if you know the right liquor store and you know when it's going to be in, mm, that kind of stuff. They, I, they do a nice job of some of the higher end allocated bottles they put in a lottery, which is, which is cool. Um, I don't think any of us have, have won anything. No, um, I haven't. We've all known someone that's won, yeah. though. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Usually the same person every time. Yeah. But, <laughs> but they put things like, um, you know, like they had Elijah Craig 18 that was an allocated bottle that yeah. wasn't in a lottery. It just kind of pops up three bottles here at this store, three bottles. And, and I don't know if Oregon has this, but Ohio has a website where everything will show up and you can know where it's at. But it's a little delayed. By the time it shows up on the website, it's usually gone. It's usually gone for at least the higher end allocated stuff. But Which it is, gone. yeah, it, it's it, it is nice that you're you know if you're looking for something that's you know a little bit harder to find, but you know it's not going to fly off the shelf for the most part. You can pull it up and drive to the store and get it. So that's nice. Yeah. You're not having, and you, you know you'll call around and anything, they're they're right? still not going to tell you they have it, but. It's still it's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, that is the other yeah. thing. They get sick of receiving calls all day, so they just don't even tell you. No, we don't have any. <laughs> it's, I, yeah, I called that, it. That sounds exactly like Oregon. Yeah. yeah. OregonLiquorSearch.com. You yep. can go in there and type it in, and it'll tell you what liquor store has it and how many bottles they have. No, ours isn't quite as as detailed. Yeah. It'll just tell you if it's if it's a full bottle represented, then that means they have some in stock. If it's a half bottle, it means limited supply, and then an empty bottle just means they're out. But, but similar. They don't give you the exact numbers, but yeah. So what do you guys? Uh, what do you guys think on this? I actually don't I mind like this. Um, I like this. This is a nice, yeah. easy drinker. I didn't know what I was going to think of this, just because you know, light whiskey. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, a little bit lighter in color as well. But obviously, there's reasons for that. But I think it's you know, it's it's definitely a soft and it's an easy sipper. 
Um, from me, I could sit and, and you just, can easily drink a lot of that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. You could. You I could, could put not, a bottle away. <laughs> yeah, you could, it would be pretty dangerous. Yeah, not realize how much you're drinking because yeah. of that for sure. But it's but it's definitely good. There's nothing yeah. offensive about it to me. Like it, it goes down easy. It's not a huge, crazy long yeah. finish or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just nice and I you know the the bad word smooth, but clean. But it is. We it's use clean now. Clean, yeah, clean, crisp, yeah. soft. Yeah, no, that's good. But no, I like it. Uh, for sure. So let's go ahead yeah, and rinse really, out a little bit. It's good. It's good to teach you about uh, all the barrel notes, all mm-hmm. the barrel flavors and tones that come out. It's just, uh, it's really nice. I, I have some of uh, American Light sit, sitting in um, my used dry barrels that I'm pretty excited Ooh. about. So what do you um, do? You so speaking of which, um, for the strong here. Do you use consistently the same bourbon brand used barrels, or is it um, like a yeah. mixture? Is that yeah. a is that a, traditionally? It's is the, that a secret, or do you have like a same. or do you have a what's that? Is that a secret as to what the brand is, or does that uh, is that something you uh, actually we've gotten uh, quite a bit for roses? Oh yeah, oh okay. nice. We're all four yeah. roses fans, yeah. So that's good. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. So it, that I mean, might those, be the floral notes that we got then. Well, like, you never know. I, I get four roses, yeah. <laughs> not three. Um, so what's interesting to me though is that uh, you know the those bourbon barrels have to go somewhere. I mean, some of them go yeah. like across the sea mm-hmm. for finishing of other spirits, but but I just think that's uh, that's really cool. I, the one thing about the bourbon industry that bugs me is that they have to use so much new I know. charred oak barrels. And, I mean, yeah. that's I, I feel like that can't be sustainable, especially with the increase in, in uh, bourbon production lately. But for whatever reason, it sounds like they're planting as fast as they're chopping, but who knows. So Yeah, that was the thing was that with Angel's Envy for every... Yeah. Um, they, I, they had a, a tree planting uh, fundraiser yeah. type of thing, and they were matching the, the, the money or something like that. All right, let's move on to the next one here. I want to finish this off real quick and then... I'm ahead of you on that one. Do a little rinse. This one, so just in uh, look alone, so the first one definitely had a, a lighter uh, color to it. Um, this one is is for sure noticeably darker, for sure. Right. Um, and you said that this one is a single barrel and it's a stronger proof, so it hasn't been cut down, so that would explain some of the darkness. But what about uh, what about age on this one? Yeah, so it's 13 years. So oh, wow. right when it turned 13 years old is when we popped it open. Um, so your teenager. We were playing with okay. the proof. It came out of the barrel at 133.4. My batch number two's out now. Um, the second barrel came out at 134.5. So each one's a little different. Um, I'm excited for this. When we when we popped that barrel, I mean, I, I when I popped the barrel for just the three year, I just love it out of the barrel. I mean, sure, it's a fun time, but. Uh, this one, we just kept going back to it. We, we tried to proof it, I mean, all across the board from 87 in about two proof increments up to 110. And we kept just saying, it's so good out of the barrel. We, 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 can't, we can't deny it. So let's just go for it. Sometimes, you know, the, the water is going to change the flavor. And if it tastes good out of the barrel like that, I say you just, I mean, people are really loving cask string stuff anyway. Yeah. So. I think yeah. you just go for it. Yeah, that's, I think it's a good decision. So, I mean, immediately, this one gives you a little bit more of a punch in the nose yeah. than oh, the yeah. last one. There's so, more, like, ethanol that you get from it. Yeah, not even so much the ethanol. I just mean, like, a complexity almost, and I, maybe that's just the higher proof point, too. But I'm definitely... Yeah, it seems like that, that higher proof opens up your, your nasal cavity, allowing you to get that. Uh, I get a lot of stone fruit on this one. Yeah, Ooh. so that's a good, that's a good note, actually. I would have never said that, but now that you yeah, say it. Yeah, I would have never said I, it either. I, uh, I definitely get it. Isn't it funny when people mention that? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, and that's we talk about that. We had One of the people we had on our show was uh, the guy who does um, Nose Your Bourbon. He makes these bourbon kits and sends them out for nosing and things like that. And, um, you know, the, the problem isn't, it's not necessarily the suggestion as much as the lack of, you know, uh, recall of knowing what it is you're smelling until someone else reminds you, oh, yeah, that could be what it is. It's not. Yeah. It's not that they're putting the idea in your head. It's mm-hmm. just they're pinpointing what you were already thinking. You just didn't have a word for it or a, a you know a description for it. Tyler always yeah. points out banana, and then when he says that, I'm like, damn it, it is banana. Or he always <laughs> just points out something that's not even there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I he just makes up stuff. I don't do a lot of cooling on my mash during ferment, so I, my ferments get up 
right now I got one uh, when I came in this morning um, at about 102. And there, there's an ester that comes off that's just, I mean, my, my distillery sometimes smells like banana bread. Oh, just, oh, that'd be great. That's <laughs> awesome. I'd weigh like 500 pounds if I smell Seriously. banana bread all day long. That's one of my favorite things, oh, banana bread. I love banana bread. Oh, yeah. I never have it, though. Like, Bob Evans is about the only place I would ever get it. Bob Evans has some I'm going to make banana, banana bread all the time. You do? I'll bring you guys some in, yeah. Oh, you're an asshole. i put some dark chocolate chips in that oh, stuff. Oh, God. Now you're just flirting with me. That's just crazy. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> this is... I do like the nose on this, actually. Yeah, I do, too. I'm going to go ahead and dive into this, though. Ooh. Yeah. It oh, definitely, that's good. You can definitely tell it's a little bit stronger, but this is now, in my opinion, coming off a little bit more like, you know, a, a, say a bourbon or something like that. Um, it, I feel like it's going to take me a few drinks into this to, to pinpoint some of the different notes because I feel like there's a lot going on in this one. I get a ton of caramel for some reason. Yeah. Like a, yeah, I is got it a caramel apple? I don't know, but it's like a... Oh, maybe. Let me go back. Well, that's a new one. What, Car caramel yeah. apple? We haven't gotten that one I, I am getting so much caramel on this. I don't know why. I don't know if I ate something yeah. weird today. I haven't had caramel today. He just had three caramel no, apples. It's, it's really crazy, that proof. Um, like I said, I would think it would just blow your palate out. I mean, I've had, you know, the barrel-proof Skag Juniors at, what, 118, I think? Yeah. That's pretty hot. I mean, I like it, and I uh, love to drink it. But uh, just the, the note on this, this one right here, I mean... This is good. I can light up a cigar and just have a couple yeah. of these, no problem. This yeah. is very good, well, yeah. We, we just did a barrel pick at a local distillery called Middle West Spirits here that was, what was it, 125.1. Don't forget the point one. And it's, wow. it doesn't drink like that at all. It drinks, you know, nice and easy. Um, it does have a decent little finish, but it doesn't, It you would never guess it was 125 proof. Yeah. I wouldn't guess this was 133 yeah, cool. or, or whatever you had said if you didn't yeah. tell us. I would have never guessed okay. that. It's, I would have said it, over, 100, over 100, yeah, yeah for over sure. 100 for sure, but not that high. Yeah. Do you get the caramel on this or no? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting caramel for sure. I'm getting a ton of caramel. I don't know why. I don't know that I'm I getting like it as heavy. Car your carameled apple's awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, that's a, that's a yeah, good Yeah, was one. that good? Okay. Because I am getting, like he said, you know, stone fruit or like a, a there's still that crisp crispness there that yes. was in the original, the light whiskey. Um, not that this isn't a light whiskey, but you know what I mean? Yeah. In the 80 proof. Um, to me, the finish is so long, but it's not, it's not a bad finish. No. It's a nice, no. yeah. welcoming, long finish. I like mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. This I is really very good. Have we ever said a long finish is bad? No, no. Well, maybe I guess not. There may have been some, I don't know. Some things like taste that, that aftertaste I... just six, six there, but this is, that's good. Yeah. What was that one that I hated that we did like a Bardstown or something? We tried it a couple different times in a blind. Mm. And it had a real just rough finish. Uh, it was something from Heaven Hill, I think. It was their, it was their uh, old Bardstown or old maybe old Bardstown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that had a long what, finish. I didn't enjoy. That's true. What are your notes on this? Mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the, the caramel vanillas definitely come through as it's just sitting on the palate and it kind of opens up even further. Further, I I, I get apricot. Oh. Okay. You know what? Caramel apricot. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Gosh, I really am getting a, a lot of caramel. You're right on I that. I do, too. Um, I get so much caramel. Caramel, whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know. I think it just depends on if your pinky's out or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it almost reminds me, too, of um, um, the caramel kettle corn. Yeah, mm. there you go. I get 100%. A little bit of that corn comes through. Um, you know, when you take a bite of that, the, there's some of that caramel kettle corn that just melts in your mouth yeah i think this is really good yeah i i like this and the only bad thing about this one is that <laughs> it's, it's almost gone, almost gone. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this well, is good i love uh, so we got a local bakery they're only open on fridays and saturdays uh, family here in madras and they make amazing baker you know bakery um but they have a bread pudding Oh, gosh. you bring that and pour a little bit of this on top of it yeah oh my god i can't I, <laughs> my wife loves bread pudding i never even so i never even knew what bread pudding was until i 
started dating my wife. She loves bread pudding, and we'll go places, and they'll do that. They'll have like a bourbon pour over, or a yeah, uh, sauce you know to put on it. Yeah, and it's and it's like a bourbon glaze too. And sometimes it's not even a, it's just a just it's a, a bourbon yeah. pour over. They'll actually just pour some bourbon on it, and then that's how they give it to you. And it's and it's interesting because it it really does add you know a really good flavor to it. But yeah, it does. I, I like this. This is good. Have you ever had? There's a local ice cream place that we have here. And I think it's every, gosh, I don't know if it's every gallon or every half gallon has a pour of Maker's Mark inside of it. And it's really good. Jenny's, they do a um, a maple pecan, like a bourbon pecan is what I'm looking for. I didn't know that. And it's really good. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's oh, very good. good. I didn't know that. Because that goes together well, too. I think that whole like pecan and bourbon. Yeah, and for sure. No, I agree. There's, there's a few things that I think go really well with like bourbon and whiskey and stuff and butter pecan ice cream is god just... now i'm smelling pecans now that i said that <laughs> <laughs> i heard of suggestion yeah i'll say the power of suggestion yeah this is so um so i don't know if that you mentioned exactly did you say what year you started the company we were back in 12 really when we started kicking it around talking okay. about it so so and i guess um when you say you have a, a 13 year, does that mean that you had some source stuff at first when you, when you first started yeah, out or yep. we brought this in, this was source, the barrels on this one. We brought it in, in 2008. Okay. Gotcha. Is so that we now continue to continue to, um, age it here in the high desert. We've got, um, we're at about 2,600 feet elevation. We've got really pretty mild weather, but, uh, our, our temperature fluctuations are pretty amazing. We In the summertime, we'll drop down in the 40s and we'll get up to really? 90 during the day. Ooh. So I don't have any heat regulation on it. Uh, the barreling, the rickhouse, we just leave it going. So yeah. I think that, that temperature fluctuation really helps. Oh, it makes a huge difference. What type of rickhouse to... do, you, do you have? We palletize them. So we don't. No, uh, that's how Middle West does them too. We don't too, put yeah. them on racks. So we have them standing up on pallets. It's becoming you, a more openly acceptable we, thing, and it's safer too. I think. And we've seen, yeah. we've had. Who did them in? It was Taconic that does them in like shipping containers. Like that's where they're <laughs> stored. And I think you're yeah. right. I think yeah. it was Taconic. Or, or you know, like um, some will do like one or two, not levels, but like stacks high. Well, uh, West does the pallets. Um, they went and actually uh, uh, consulted with a lot of different distilleries, and they said if we had it to do over again, we wouldn't do them the way we do now. There's just too many lost fingers, and it, it's just not as safe versus you know stacking pallets, which they yeah. said is a lot safer than you know uh, than the than the current method that's frequently like rolling them and yeah, yeah frequently used in a lot of those different uh, distilleries in Kentucky. Um, it sure looks cooler when you put them on their sides. But. It, it, it does, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it sounds like it's just not nearly as safe. I mean, yeah. and Middle West yeah, Spirits. It's just way easier. Yeah. They played around with both. I think they, they had some on their side, and then they, they had some where the bung was on the top, and the flavor difference was drastic between the two. With you, just the bung or the storage? The or both? Sto- I, I want to say the both, okay. but I want to say that they, they had some side and some top bung, um, which the flavor differences were, were vastly different. You might be right. I can't remember. It's a while back. I, I was, can't remember. <laughs> they fed me too much bourbon when I went there. I don't remember much of that night. <laughs> That's kind of what's nice about a, a you know small distillery is that uh, the consumer really expects that you know uniqueness that we get off each one. Yeah. Um, which is pretty nice. Uh, you know, one of these days, maybe get to the point where we have to make it consistent. Uh, the strong itself, definitely. Um, uh, but, mixing a few barrels at a time, we get the consistent notes on that. It's pretty easy. But when but, it comes to the stronger and the strongest, particularly, it it is different. I mean, I've had some that almost looks like black molasses coming out of the barrel. But that's that awesome, though. Awesome, I, I think though. nowadays that's that's a lot more acceptable. I mean, you look at Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Every one of theirs is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And you look at, I mean, even Middle West Spirits with locally here, their cast strengths are a little bit different. Yeah. And then, you know, Larceny, similar thing. Like a lot of these ones, they have, you know, they're almost playing off of the fact that each one of these is going to I, be I feel a like different. that's the market, too. 
You know, that's that's what everyone wants. They want something yeah. that's just a little bit different than the the next barrel. Well, think about uh, look it. at store picks. How popular that has right. became. And think oh, about yeah. Elijah Craig. If every one of their single barrel barrel proofs tasted the same, or not single, I guess they're not single barrels. They're batched, but still, if they all tasted the same, then why would you really hunt for the A, then the B, then the C each yeah. year? You you would just say, oh, I got the A. I'm good. and and it, so. it it allows I feel like distillers to have a higher price point for for retail. I mean, yeah, the uniqueness. Yeah, I mean, something yeah. you're never going to be able to find again after it's gone, and that's well, I think that's, that's great. Fun. You know, I mean. Single barrel, single barrel. It's pretty easy to figure that out. But small batch, from what I'm, what I've read and figured out, is small batch is just Could be whatever anything. I wanted to find. That right, right. Could be 1,500 barrels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For Jack Daniels, small batch could be just that. For me, yeah. small batches. These two barrels together. A lot of craft distilleries I've seen, you know, a small batch could be three barrels. And then, like you said, a, a larger distillery, like a Buffalo Trace, a small batch might be, you know, 500 yeah. barrels. I think that Lux Row one is like two barrels. And that one, they have the it, Lux 12, it I think it's it just two barrels, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. I, no, this is... McCallum, uh, McCallum, from what I understand, McCallum M mm-hmm. is... is mixed the the youngest they have in there is 50 but i heard they go wow it goes up above that wow i know that's like top tier scotch sitting on your barrels for 50 years well i think somebody just forgot about it (laughs) (laughs) what's interesting to me though is not not like 50 year old you're probably not the guy when you're bottling it you're probably not the distiller that, yeah. or the, the blender or whatever. Yeah, that, you may not even that, be alive. Yeah, like they're not. You put something down, and you're not going to be alive to see it. It's wild, you know, bear, uh, bottled. That's just crazy to me. I, I don't I know. I that... wanted to do that to sell or at least have it at my party. Uh, I want a funeral barrel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put something in right now. And Heck yeah! When I die, they just open they pop it up into and it. Have a party. It is what it is. Maybe, God, that's maybe such a cool to idea. A, to a good flavor. Yeah. yeah. That is a good idea, actually. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great idea. <laughs> Hope I live a long it's time. A but... morbid, but my, my other side of me comes out and says, but then on the other end, I'd be tapping the, the back end of it. And See how it tastes every year. Drink it dry. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So when they get to it, it's like, empty. Yeah. He let it dry. Yeah. <laughs> this asshole Son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, leave a note. <laughs> Instead of a note in a bottle. A note in a barrel. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I like it. I like that it. That would be such a cool idea that you bought, you know, you spent 10 grand, you bought a barrel, you put it in your basement, and every single year, like, that's your birthday bottle. You pour a bottle out of that, gets to the end, you know, it tastes different every single year, and then you, whatever's left, you have a party with when you die. You'd have to go to MGP. I don't yeah. think any place will let you buy a barrel. And and not have it bottled from them. Oh, that's yeah, could be. Yeah, generally when you buy a barrel anywhere, they make you bottle it with their labels on it. So usually, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know what the regulations are for letting somebody buy the actual barrel. I know people, you know, you buy the barrel and you can get the barrel, but you have to bottle it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the label. I don't know if I can get a label approval for a full barrel i guess oh yeah because of the label yeah that's true too. so what was the name of the place we went in kentucky where that guy bought all those barrels remember and we did our um bourbon 30 bourbon 30 the he, jay mattingly type. he probably would well and a lot of the stuff <laughs> yeah. he does is light whiskey there actually, yeah yeah too, so yeah um because it's it's proof tire in the barrel and different things he, like that i mean that whole experience was fun he'd probably just be like mm, don't tell anyone just shove it in your truck right just see you later and go yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> true he was he probably would. Yeah, or just take the bottles and pour it back in your barrel when you get home. Right. (laughs) That too. So I always ask a dumb question that you probably already answered. Um, (laughs) At least he's transparent. There's a a couple questions I ask. One, do you you plan on doing a bourbon if you haven't already? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we are. The only reason I'm not is uh, because we don't grow corn. Okay. I was pretty... uh, I was pretty passionate about saying this is a hundred percent our grain. Yeah. Um, which is funny. One of the farmers did grow some corn the, uh, last season. So we have the capacity to do it, but, uh, but yeah, I want to get into a bourbon. Okay. Um, that's kind of where the game is in a way. Um, you've seen lately they they're talking about location and terroir. Sure. Is that how you say it? Um, that's getting to be a pretty big deal with whiskeys. Um, 
So, yeah, I definitely have plans to get into the to the bourbon gig. Nice. The other question I always ask every uh, distiller or owner, you know, obviously you and your your buddies sat around drinking quite a bit. What is your you know favorite bottle or favorite other distiller that you either kind of took some notes from, grew up loving, um, just something else you're drinking besides your own juice. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a picky guy. There's not many bourbons and whiskeys that I haven't enjoyed. So I do love getting out there and, and trying new, new, uh, um, whiskeys, uh, new distilleries, uh, Oregon spirits. Okay. Um, they're in Bend, Oregon, about 45 miles south of me. And they're really close, uh, to what we're, we're doing also they have a nice uh, straight bourbon okay um that they do um there's one um oh it's an irish run that they also do um and now i'm skipping out Uh, it'll come to me Mm -hmm. but uh um that's pretty fun um there's a mccarthy's whiskey here in oregon at a clear creek distillery um uh or uh Oh, what's it called? Hood River Distillery bought that distillery. Um, they still do a Scotch run. They bring their uh, malted um, barley in from Scotland. Um, wow. It is. It's a pure Scotch, really. You just can't call it that because we're not in Scotland. But it's called McCarthy's. Um, that's a nice one. As far as the big guys go, I mean, you know, they make good stuff. That's why they sell so well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, what's your what's your long term? You say you, you're going to get into some some bourbons, or at least you, you'd like to. What uh, you have any new products or anything that you're going to be releasing anytime in the next uh, or near future? I should say. Yeah, a couple of fun things. I did just get approval for a rock and rye recipe that we're using all local product, 100% farm to bottle. Um, part of that uh, sweetness comes from the honey off of the carrot fields that the farmers grow. Um, and, and it's kind of funny. There's not a lot of it out there and maybe there's a reason why, but, uh, there's a <laughs> rock and wheat recipe from TTB. Okay. So, uh, rye and wheat, those, those two we've played with a little bit of orange and ginger with the, uh, local honey makes a really nice product. Um, and another thing that we're just tapping into and, and trying to figure it out is, uh, a byproduct of hemp, production so oregon is gone um jefferson county oregon here has a lot of hemp production making cbd oil so Um, so can you some of the essential oils that come off of that process um are really flavorful and i don't know if you know hops is uh related to hemp Mm -hmm. yeah hemp hops and marijuana i guess are all from the same family um I'm working with TTB to get that approved because I have to show that it 100% does not contain any CBD and or THC in it. Could you um, could you not have the, those in there? Yeah, we, TTB will not allow any of those. Uh, yeah. Could you imagine that a CBD whiskey? THC in there. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. A CBD whiskey to or like just THC chill you out, or a THC whiskey? Yeah. God, that would just be like an explosion, fun bomb in your body. <laughs> Move to Colorado. It is crazy, but yeah, I don't think we're going to see anytime soon where they're going to allow the CBD at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, the flavor profiles that come off it, or particularly in gin, is really amazing. Oh, I could. Oh, I could see it in gin for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, yeah. That's interesting. I have to follow that. And then uh, we uh, we also make uh, produce um, flavored balsamic vinegars. Mm. and those are our mixers when somebody wants a mix of drink really we use uh an example with that strong whiskey is really good in what we call the madras mule instead of a instead of a ginger beer which you know it's a soda with a ton of sugar in it yeah (laughs) we uh we use honey ginger balsamic vinegar and club soda and you're looking at about 10 calories for your whole 12 ounce mixer oh wow that, I love really mules. They're, Kentucky, they're really flavorful. So. I like mules as well. I'm not. A, I'm not. Yeah. I'm it's, not. A, you know, not liking mules. I never really order them, but whenever I have them, I like them. But you wait. used to drink whiskey with ginger ale. That's essentially a mule. <sighs> it's it needs to don't, be hot out for me. It needs to be a hot day, <laughs> and that's the only time I usually drink a mule. Yeah. yeah no, I'm just on saying. A boat. On, on a boat. boat. <laughs> on a boat. 
Yeah. <laughs> while you're driving it, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Hopefully while you're driving. <laughs> um, so that's some pretty cool stuff. Those are some pretty neat, uh, I guess, projects you have in the works there. I'm really interested to see what happens with that. Hip. Yeah. That'd be kind of neat. Um, just to even see, yeah. like you said, the flavor profiles and the notes coming off of it. That would be really cool to see. Yeah, hopefully we get some approval on that one. So we'll see. You have to go through FDA on that one. So how long does that process take? What I mean, what all do you have to do? And uh, uh, we've been at it. We've been at it for like eight months trying to figure it out oh, and wow. work with them. Um, so we have to have FDA approve it as a generally um, safe, ex- uh, generally recognized as safe. Yeah, which is ironic. It's grass, <laughs> right? And it's alcohol. Um, and it's... but if you get that approval. Then you go to TTB and uh, put in a application for the formula, and as long as it's approved by FDA as recognized as safe, they said they would approve it. So interesting. We're in, we're in the FDA stage now. Is there any expectation as to the time period for that? Like, is there? I mean, is it a lot of back and no, forth? Or it is seems it... like too right with COVID. There's no expectation. Well, that's what I was going to say. They're all wrapped <laughs> up with everyone making vaccines and FDA <laughs> approval. And... Right, you'd yeah. think they'd be free, like have nothing going on. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Or they just say, uh, hemp, "Hemp whiskey, sure." Just slide it under Sound? some other paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Can you stamp <laughs> this uh, with your approval, please? We have COVID right. cocktails right now. <laughs> this can't be much better. <laughs> that's funny. Um, well, that's that's really interesting. I. I I'm truly intrigued at the idea of that. And like that might yeah. open up a whole nother, uh, you know, that could uh, potentially even get used in bourbons as like a secondary or tertiary, like grain or something like mm-hmm. that. If it really yeah. has, you know, a nice flavor profile, that'd be kind of neat. Something I've never yeah. considered. Yeah. I mean, so you're a game changer. Yeah. Look you're at that. An innovator. Well, it's pretty cool because uh, the hemp production is distilling. They, they do a, a steam distilling process to, to you know, distill, uh, CBD oil, so it's it's really close as far as the the science goes. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. What was your education background? Were you a chemistry teacher, or an English teacher, like? Uh, I was a science and math teacher at the uh, middle school level. See, that's why you're so into and this. You were a science teacher. It all it's all coming. Uh, you know what I mean? Full circle now. I was a science teacher for you know teenagers, so. When there's no way you can room science when you're in the well, you can <laughs> suck at it. Really, I mean, it's such a fun, you know, and, and that's what it is here is doing experiments and trying new things is uh, what it's all about, and it, it's really the history of of whiskey in America. He probably got a bunch of emails like, uh, "So Bobby came home today and he learned how to make bourbon." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He said, no, you guys were doing some pot distilling? Yeah. Conferences, there was like, that, that, that parent really needs a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just pull it uh, off. Listen. Did you always have your beard while you were a superintendent or a teacher? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a clean cut with the suit on, um, you know, that, that kind of job. Uh, so I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm a little sad that it's starting to turn warm out because I like my flannels. Oh, yeah. yeah I love flannels, too. Absolutely. I'm a sweatshirt and shorts kind of guy. So like, I, I always love, wear I love shorts. I spring and I Me love too. the fall. Yeah, I don't. I like never wear mullet. pants. Yeah, yeah you are yeah, in shorts. It is, like, it is like a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> completely agree. Mullets are making a comeback, man. Yeah. Hey, party in the back. I'm yeah. bald party completely. I'll never grow one, but. Yeah. <laughs> we get old enough we get old enough things come back around that's fair it all comes full circle it is like my wife yeah. i guess the high-waisted mom pants are in oh great oh, oh yeah like, like from the 80s and i'm like what that's but like they, 70s almost late 70s yeah, early like, 80s and it's, and it's just it's not completely back like it's a little bit of a variation like loose like what is that like a light light jean color it's too? It's not flattering though. I know that. No, it makes every woman With like look white like they've shoes. got this like foop or whatever, and it's yeah. just it's not it's the not mom attractive. butt. Yeah, it's just not attractive. <laughs> every day looks like it's going to be a long ass day. Into some really sensitive topics here. Like, <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Listen, we we always just uh, we skate that line. Yeah, we skate that line. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say redirect, redirect. <laughs> yeah, generally we, we get right to the edge of the pond and then we decide not to jump in. So <laughs> To go back in. Yeah. Well, that's what's fun about the uh, 
the American light whiskey is a fun, uh, I particularly see a lot of women gravitating towards it as kind of the entry into the whiskey world. Makes sense. Yeah, especially, I agree. Especially the yeah. 80 proof here. This is, I mean, honestly, there's, this is a very easy to drink bourbon. I mean, and I don't know how. Whiskey. Sorry, whiskey. You had to, I had to get you back yes, one, so we're know. even. Damn it. <laughs> um, you dig. The, the interesting thing is I don't know how well this would have gone down had we not been into cast drink so much lately. This this tasted super great that to is, me. Yes. The strongest. Um, so the, the 130, yeah. what was it, 133.5? Is that what it was? 133.4. Point 0.4. Point four. I was close. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that is a hot. Yeah, you know, uh, proof, but it didn't taste hot. It tasted good. It had a nice finish. It had a nice, you know, uh, there was some complexity to it. It was really good. But again, you know, I don't know how that would taste to someone who drinks like Basil Hayden all the time. Correct. Yeah. You the, know, they something do the like that. 80, 90 proof people. Right. But, but to me, I thought it was really, really good. So, um, I mean, good flavor. Who does the, uh, do you do the, uh, lead at night method? What, what is that one? So, like in your Glen Cairn glass, I use any glass, but um, you put a lid on it before you go to bed after you're done drinking, and then you uh, wake up in the morning, and you know how all your senses are fresh. You put yeah. that lid off, and you smell it, and it's just oh. it's another way to enjoy your whiskey one more time. It's a good idea. Incredible. And I don't do that with is. a lid, but, but the smell's still usually in there in the morning, you know, yeah, it may be faint, but I like it a little yeah. bit faint because it, it, then it seems to open up some of the other notes that maybe were a little, you know, more subtle when you had it the first time. But I yeah. usually, when I do that, I usually get a ton of wood. Yeah, that, that when I go back and yeah. revisit yeah, an empty the bottle, wood kind you, of residue seems to come through. With yeah, you don't see a lot I of people doing that. You don't see a lot of people like I guess daily drinkers that will go back and smell. A dry glass, yeah. But you get so much flavor on the nose from doing that. Yeah, I first started doing that after listening to an episode of the Black and Brown podcast. They do that all the time. They'll they'll leave it sit and then come back to it. And, and you pick up a lot of notes, yeah. Too like once you've had a chance right. to like yeah. let your senses come back, like you said, to normal. Well, and then I think a lot of the yeah. the very in your face uh, notes that you get on the nose go away a little bit, and some of the other you know lesser notes start to you know, surface up and, and it levels that playing field almost to me anyway. And I, and like you said, uh, you know, I always get a lot of the barrel, um, notes when mm -hmm. I do that the next time with the empty, with the empty glass. So, yeah. well, I know it's been an hour, um, and that's what we had scheduled here. Um, so for us, what we generally like to do is, is let you tell us, you know, where they can find you, like website, if you're on Instagram or Twitter, anything like that, you know, any of those types of things um, so that people can have a chance to find you? Yeah, you bet. Uh, website uh, is newbasin.com and uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff is uh, New Basin Distilling. Um, look us up on that. And uh, if you're in Oregon, particularly Central Oregon, uh, swing on in. We love people to come and visit. Um, we're right off a, kind of a little busy highway that goes through our farm down, and um, we, we like sharing whiskey. Well, that's the best way to uh, to enjoy it, really, in my opinion. Yeah. Followed just now. Done. Right. I'll be doing it in just a second as well. Um, well, thank you. I, I really enjoy having guests like you on who have an amazing story and, and uh, you know, not only about the history of the distillery, but, but about the individual uh, spirits as well and, and you have checked all those boxes that's really outstanding um we'll all be giving you a follow we'll make sure that we post this up this will be published i believe next tuesday so that'll be what is uh today? the 9th it'll be next tuesday yeah, the, the ninth. ninth. it'll be the ninth. so we'll we'll publish and uh tag you guys in that um hopefully get you guys some uh ohio uh followers at least and uh yeah you bet Thank you for coming on. Um, I am Dude Pool, and again, joined by... Brett Bryan. Tyler Schaefer. And thank you, Rick, for uh, coming on today. New Basin Distilling out of Oregon. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Cheers.
Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. Bourbon.